this week on the Media Virus Podcast. In a recent press conference, Dr. Anthony Fauci recommends double masking. When asked for comment, he said, keep complaining and I'll make it three. Traffic lights are racist. And we talked to Ian Morrison for some reason. The Media Virus Podcast. Starring Maddie Rockdev. I had no, but I, I was, you know, I kind of wanted to, and I, you know, I... I... Professor Mike Latorres. Uh, there's a fancy doctrine word, butt crack. With special appearances by... Some other dude. Ah! That guy. Ah! And some chick. Shut the fuck up, Maddie. I smell shit. And I don't like it. I mean, I know everything there is to know about my dick. Buckle up, buttercup. So anyway. Jesus Christ. Hot damn. Do we have a fucking show for you people this week? I uh, This is the Media Virus Podcast, the show where we point and laugh as the world turns around us. Uh, I am your host, Matty Rockdeff. I'm spreading the sage nihilism of an aged Gen Xer. Uh, fuck, I'm, I, I got, I'm flying blind and I went retarded. Uh, I'm going to cut that out. Um, <laughs> um, where was I? Oh, yeah. You know what? We're not, on, we're not on YouTube anymore. We are now wherever uh, you digest podcasts. We are on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, a bunch of other, other ones. I'm very excited about that. So please follow, like, subscribe, uh, share. Uh, we do appreciate it. Uh, before I go any further, I have been getting a little bit of uh, fan feedback uh, that they haven't been, you know, hearing from staff writer Bill. And I want to clarify that just because I haven't been lumping staff writer Bill, uh, you know, bits into one, you know, scene called staff writer Bill does not mean that staff writer Bill is not, uh, you know, a, an appreciated and valuable uh, member of the infection media virus team. And uh, we would not know that traffic lights were in fact racist if it was not for Steph, Steph or Bill. So I just wanted to get that out of the way. Uh, Stanley McFadden is off tonight. Um, you know, and uh, so I've said many times that our executive producer does all the heavy lifting for the show, which is a problem because he was just told that he can't even pick up his little dicky. Considering the fact this man carries around his balls in a wheelbarrow, that's going to be an issue. The Reverend... And Professor Mike Latouris. Good evening, everybody. What you drinking, Mike? I have a proper highball tonight. Vo and ginger ale. You. I love it's Canadian whiskey and ginger ale. I am drinking Canadian whiskey and, or any kind of whiskey, and Dr Pepper. Diet, <laughs> diet Dr Pepper, and it is. Is that like a white trash highball? Is that? What that is means? a white trash highball. It's if a it lowball. If it's it were a actually diet mountain. A diet mountain lion. Remember when I the, the velvet lion that I made a couple weeks back? Mm. The velvet lion. That is a uh, a definition of a of a white trash uh, highball because it's. Daddy, it's you generic. are so wise. You're it's, so wise. Someday I'm gonna I'm gonna come and visit you in your trailer and let you make some jokes. You know, uh, we learned early on that our jokes are much funnier when there's someone around to belittle us. And uh, who's better suited for that job than a high school teacher, the lovely and talented doctor? 
Hello, you, boys. How are what, you? What you drinking, Doc? Sarcasm is my native tongue. Um, I am drinking a uh, rather <laughs> unpretentious yet insouciant uh, Cabernet. Huh? Fuck off my show. Class in the place up tonight. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Very, very good. And he, um, uh, pardon me. Any fun stories from the life of a teacher? That, uh, um, no. Let me think. Um, no, we, I mean, you know, I mean, it, nothing, nothing particularly interesting if you're not actually teaching at the end of the marking period. So this is when all of the, the kids, um, come out of the woodwork who haven't, you haven't seen them all marking period and now they want to know what extra credit they can do to, you know, to get A's. Hey, can I, if so. I just turn in all the work right now, could you just grade it and give me the grade? I mean, mm-hmm. what? I tried no, to do I that. No, I once told My a child. My first year I, of college, I went, I, I, said, did, okay. I skipped every math class and went to the final. They shouldn't let me in. <laughs> no, how do you say? Um, no, I, I, um, I, ha- I actually, my favorite moment like that was a kid came to me at the end of the school year having failed and wanting to know what, what they could do to make up the grade. And I said, okay, here's what you need to do. You need to either go to summer school or repeat this course next year. Okay, you need to get an A. Then you need to go to college and get a degree in, like, physics or something. Then you need to invent a time machine. And you need to go back in time to September of this academic year and do the work. That's how you can pass this they didn't think I was funny, but I thought I was freaking hilarious. You thought that was fucking... I, you see, I run across that myself a lot. Like, I think I'm fucking hilarious. Uh-huh. Nobody else does. <laughs> I still think it's funny. Yeah, it is funny. Um, so this so week's Maddie, guest... Do we have a guest this week? Dude, this week's guest is a five-time winner of the PGN Best Drag Queen Award. Was nominated a DVLF Community Hero in 2015. They were featured in... Two books, uh, the first drag combing through the big wigs of show business, uh, which had been called the definitive history of drag artists. Uh, the newest one, Drag Queens and Beauty Queen, uh, I might have mispronounced that, The Gay History of Atlantic City. They are a mummer and the Don of the Philly Drag Queen Mafia. They're here to make us an offer we can't refuse. Please welcome Ian Morrison. I love the music. That's awesome. <laughs> Doing show prep, I was, I was like, oh, I got a fuck. I got an idea. <laughs> yeah, it was great. You bring so, this music to me the day of my daughter's wedding. <laughs> so what you drinking, man? Uh, I'm gay, so I'm drinking semen. <laughs> or uh, Diet Coke, actually. <laughs> I mean, I've, it's about the same, right? They taste very similar, right? They, one's a little more acidic, depending on the guy. <laughs> Pineapple really helps with that. It uh-huh. does, and asparagus juice. Mm-hmm. You learn like all the tips. I eat red meat and smoke, and I figure that helps. <laughs> it's like a fine Cabernet. That's right. <laughs> like an aged whiskey. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'm, I'm now adding sucking Maddie's dick to my long list of things never to do in the You're just adding that? <laughs> I, thought that I thought we had discussed this way earlier. But it's, it's right after eat beef jerky. Ooh. Oh, but you're going to eat beef jerky. That's going to happen. <laughs> That's going to happen. 
I'm not nearly as interested in getting my dick sucked as I am as making you eat beef jerky. <laughs> <laughs> it's choices. It's all choices. It's cho- it is choices. Um, so you're a, wow. you're a big deal guy. Yeah. Thank you. I yeah. I mean, no, there's no, thank you for, you know, I don't know why the hell you want to talk to us. And not only is he talented, <laughs> but he's friendly. I, I, I saw him perform and met him the same night. Uh, I just, I, some performers, when you, when you walk over and say, Hey, I, I really enjoyed what you did out there. You know, you feel like you got blown off. N- not at all. Ian is, is really a, a personable, personable guy. Uh, I just, Thank you. And Thanks and so. Brittany's Brittany's nice. So I believe when I spoke to you, you were uh, you had just finished up your share bit. Okay. And uh, I just spectacular. Thank you. I, I was impressed. Wait, before that we you... go any before we go any further, because you know I'm the woke white chick on the show. What are your pronouns? <laughs> uh, well, I it's usually she. Believe it or not, just because like even when I'm on the street, like as a myself people will still scream like hey girl or there she is and so so i just you know i it's rare that i hear my real name like as ian you know so i just and plus you know gay people everybody we just like hey she she did this she did even in the first hey bitch all girl all that like in the first person my wife watches my wife watches all the shows both of them all like the reality shows when there's there's always the gay friend in the reality show. It's like every reality show has to be. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a, a thing with gays where like we sometimes talk in the first person and people will be like, what did she do today? I'm like, ah, she cleaned the house. She did this. She, it's kind of like a mix of gay and South Philly. <laughs> you know. Excellent. Okay. I just you. wanted, to, I just wanted to clarify because, you know, Thank I'm the you. resident woke white chick and also, I also I teach French, and so my students have been asking me about pronouns in French because there's no, like, there's no they in French, yeah. right? There's only il and el, like everything, like a computer is masculine and a microphone is uh, masculine, well, I think, and like a table like that, is feminine. Yeah, in yeah. Most, so there's no there's no it and there's no they. There's no neutral pronoun yeah, in weird. in right. these languages. So my my students were asking me, well, what it what did what do they do? And I was like, oh, I don't know. So I've been I've been doing my homework on that one. So you're um, saying the French don't care? <laughs> no, no. Well, I mean, actually, largely yes, <laughs> which is not news because the French don't really care about anything. Um, but they they have developed new pronouns, right? There's oh, one. Cool. Uh, so right, right. il is masculine and l is feminine, and now they've developed nice. yell, which is spelled I E L. And is sort of like a, a new gender neutral pronoun. And there's mon um, is masculine my and ma is feminine mine. So now they have mao or mo. I, I forget, but they use both the o and the a sound. Nice. It's it's really yeah. fascinating to watch the language develop. Yeah. And now you just saved me thirteen bucks a month on Babbel, which is even better. <laughs> <laughs> I will be happy to tutor you in French if you would like. Thank you. Uh, and Duolingo Please. and Duolingo is free. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. You know, I learned recently that they're called the romantic languages or that that romance and it being romantic comes from the romantic languages, which comes from the fact that they're all based in fucking Rome. (laughs) They all kind of came from fucking Latin and they call and most stories in early days were written in those languages most stories are love stories. Henceforth, love and romance became intertwined. 
it's not because they're better lovers than us Irish, because <laughs> we know what we're doing. There Irish, are no Irish language is fucking ugly. So is German. What's that? The Irish language is not ugly. And we are fabulous lovers. Of course, I'm also Absolutely. half Italian. So, I mean, you know, yeah. yeah. One, of my, one, of, one of my favorite skits is when, in Family Guy, is when, when Peter takes Brian to the um, uh, Irish American History Museum. <laughs> Did you ever see that one? Mm -hmm. She's muted. Why is she muted? I'm muted because I'm playing with my volume and I didn't want the bling thing to interrupt the show. Wow, look at that. And then I come in going, oh, what the, what's she doing? Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for, uh, for uh, I was trying to be subtle, you know, but thanks for that. But back to our guest. Yeah. This dude, yes. This dude has a fucking day. Or this lady, girl, I'm sorry. <laughs> has, I'm, I'm a dude, I'm a fucking, I'm an 80 this Gen human. Xer. I'm kind of dumb. Like, I'm just, I'm not a very smart human being and I fuck up a lot. You so, but you, you yeah, have. But he's cute. Brittany so Lynn has a day, March fifteenth. It's coming yeah. up. We all got to celebrate. Yeah. Uh, March fifteenth is, is officially from here on for the rest of time, Brittany Lynn Day. And that's how does one go about getting a day? Did they just give that to you? Is that just a? Yeah. So, like, um, I you know, in like twenty twelve, I met with Mark Siegel, the publisher of the PGN and Philadelphia Gay News, and then it was Councilman Jim Kenney at the time, and uh, Councilman Squilla, who's still Councilman, and um, the mayor, I um, mean, the um, president of the Mummers Association, Jim Julia, who has passed since then, and they wanted to bring the LGBTQIA plus community back to the Mummers Parade, because we kind of like, you know, the parade was racist, misogynistic, and transphobic, so they're like, hey, how you guys doing? So they came to me, you know, and they're like, can you put together an all LGBTQIA plus uh, brigade to actually march? And I was like, okay, you know, I have like a group, we're drag mafia, you know, it's like our drag union. And um, so the first year they made us go to the convention center. And if you've ever been to the Mummers Fancy Brigade finale, there's like each brigade spends like $300,000 on this giant performance. And, um, you know, and then... There's two minutes when they're done where they actually have to sweep the floor and they bring out these giant machines to uh, to clean up all the confetti and all this shit. So they're like, how about if we match up one of your girls with one of the brigades and you do a performance that's kind of in theme and I, we were so excited about it. But then when it came time to do it, like you see this giant, you know, quarter of a million dollar production with people flying through the air in these giant sets, and then out comes one of us, like, do, 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 for two minutes while they're sweeping up the floor around us. Um, and then they kind of threw us in the parade. Well, that was like the first two years, and then they changed the, um, the route of the parade, and this parade's been going on for like 100 years, so people were freaking out and bugging out. And I was pissed. Yeah, like like the mummers, they freaking they belong on Broad Street. What the hell? Yes, convention center. Well, they they used Kiss to go from Center City and end up in South Philly. Now they were going to start in South Philly, and you know, or they were going to. Yeah, but there were a couple years where they were like containing it at the convention center, right? Yeah. So I'm trying to think. It was the the year that it changed. We were actually going from behind City Hall to South Philly. My understanding was before that it was always South Philly to Atlantic City. So. Two years into the parade, like they said, we're going to change the route. We want to put you in the front of the parade. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. At first, I was all excited. I'm like, 
we're the ones that are going to get shot. We're going after like a hundred year tradition and they have us and they call it the Philadelphia division. So the gays in the front, followed by the African-American brigade, followed by the Hispanic, you know, per brigades, then followed by the Asian American brigades. So I'm like, are they like trying to clear us out of the parade? Or are they really I mean, if you, if you were, if you were using, if you were using it's like all the minorities, no, I'm not for yeah. nothing. But if you're using conscripts for war, that's kind of how you do it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's, it's like you send so your you most brazen warriors first. <laughs> right. Right. To clear the path. <laughs> right. <laughs> then, the, you know, and it just that's kind of I mean, it makes sense. The word you're looking for, Maddie, is cannon fodder. Yes. Thank you. You know, um, but I was turning 40 that year. And so I had this party at Pro Bar. It was the only gay like bar inside resorts casino. It was the whole top floor, like penthouse floor and all this stuff. So they're giving me a 40th birthday party and um, in the middle of it. And I'm like, bomb. You know what I mean? I drink it. I had some other things going on in my system and uh, a couple letters of the alphabet. And um, and all of a sudden here is- Was one uh, of them M? No, well, that was that's after my time. I was more of a, an ecstasy kind of. Oh, you know, oh I, I was I work at. I thought we were like, gonna play uh, a fun game where I was just gonna say MDMA. <laughs> we're gonna go, uh huh. <laughs> so it's just my, one letter. It was just the X, like it a xylophone. X, it's, you know. So uh, I turn around, and then there's Councilman Squilla's there, and this guy Scott uh, Scott Brown, who is Councilman Squilla's like assistant at the time and head of the Veterans Association. So. He comes up, he's like, I want to say something because they're having like a big roast for me, you know? So in the middle of the roast, he grabs the mic and he starts like, gives me this award. And it was like a proclamation from the mummers just thanking me from Jim Julia and all this stuff. And then after that, he's like, now we have a special surprise. And it was like a citation from all of city council and mayor and us. And they were like, you know, for bringing drag and the community back. Um, we're making March 15th, Brittany Lynn Day. And I was too bomb to appreciate it at the moment but when i watched the video my friends are like this bitch just got her own day and she could care less <laughs> like it was like so you were just you were wild wait wait so this this story like you were on you were on x and drunk and you got allegedly your own fucking on x <laughs> you, alleged allegedly but a lot of allegedly <laughs> holy shit good for, and, good um, for you man that's fucking yeah, that is like, awesome I can tell you when I was doing my prep for this show, my wife peeked over my shoulder and she said, oh, "He brought he he's the guy that brought real drag back to the back yeah. to the the Mummers Parade." Okay. Now her her father's from from Philly, and you know, uh, growing up even down here, he you know they watched the the Mummers Parade if they weren't going up to it, and you know it was a big deal. And she said, "When when there wasn't real drag, yeah. it, and and even I, I, for years, even guys who." who weren't doing real drag, at, at least in the brigades, they were so committed that it was, I mean, they were spot on. And then that just, it seemed to f kind of fizzle and fall apart. It just wasn't yeah. as, as, and, and I, she's looking, she's, that's the guy. Yeah. You're going to talk to the guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened, like they had this hundred year old charter where like women weren't allowed to march and that changed in the eighties. So mm -hmm. uh, what they had was a division of female impersonation. So, this is going back in the 20s. Yeah. There's like a couple heavy players in the, the 20s and the 30s that would come out and they like ruled the parade. Mm -hmm. And you gotta imagine it's 1920. You like you could be locked up as a mental illness, you know what I mean? And yeah. everything. Even still going on to the 50s. Like 
but these guys were mega superstars. So they had this thing in the 70s that was like a female impersonation category where the girls would come out and march in front of judges and win prizes and this and that. So when the when real women in the 80s were entered, it was kind of like it lost its, no offense to the women, it just like lost its- It wasn't the same. Cool. You didn't need like a celebrity or a female impersonation category. You and I mean? and to this uh, day, my wife out, still- so. My wife still doesn't like it that there's there's actually women marching. But <laughs> the parade will be and she goes, Ugh, there's women in this there's, there's women in this brigade. See what happens? See what happens? You let them fucking vote. And then what happens? And then what fucking happens? Well, well, you know, actually, wait, politics. <laughs> now they're marching in the mummers parade. Where does now, it they're, now they're asking yeah. a question of the guest. Jesus Christ. All right. So in I, I have actually, real quick, just let me I've been trying I've been, I wrote this down. Just let me get this out. Was it, mayor Nutter wasn't the mayor of Philadelphia at the time, was he? Now, uh, oh. the only reason I'm asking is because Mayor Nutter uh, used to be a DJ, and really? we used to call him back in the day. Uh, it would, you know, he'd call him DJ Nuts, right? <laughs> I did not know that. But like <laughs> DJ Nuts and Councilman Squilla would have been <laughs> one of the greatest rap groups, right? <laughs> ever. That's, that's like the whole. That's name. it. That's all I. That's what I wanted to say. That's what I cut you off for, Doc. You feel better now, Maddie? I do. Whoever was before Kenny, I, you know, I'm not really into politics. Whoever was the mayor before Kenny, this is when it went down. But all of city council, it was more of a city council decision through Kenny and Squilla than anything else, you know. And uh, and now, like, Parks and Rec, like, they, we've actually changed the entire Mummers charter around because, um, the year of the Philadelphia division, there was like a group that came out and they said that they were a Mexican theme and they came, they put brown face on and danced around with these giant tacos. So, Ooh. you know, here we have this whole Philadelphia division showing the whole city's diversity and pride and this and that, and then that happened. So my phone like lit up and they, um, they apologized. And then from that moment on, I was like, well, we have to change this charter. So that's what we did. So we made it so like, Normally, the mummers got away with a lot of nonsense because you never had to proclaim your theme, how you were going to look, your makeup. And now, like, we've changed all that. You have to fill out this whole form now. Sounds like a pain in the ass, but this prevents more asshole behavior from happening. And, um, you know, if in order to make a tradition last, you have to change it. Sure, you have Otherwise, to. that parade would well, be gotta, done gotta and dead in the time, water. Right? You've got to be yeah, relevant. Exactly. So yeah. we did that. Like, you know, it took a bunch of gays and dresses and trans folk to uh, change that whole charter. So now they have to proclaim their theme, what they're going to wear. Your makeup can't be more than 25% of a skin tone. So it can't be more than 25%, you know, brown or yellow or, um, you know, or black. And uh, there's just rules now. And it, this is going to make sure that the parade moves on. And even I get so much shit from even within my community, but they don't understand. You know, this is the second oldest tradition you know, and it's a tradition that can be thriving, you know, if they just come together with the times. So Man, leave it to the gays. You guys are fabulous. I mean, I don't mean like, fab I mean, yes, you are fabulous, but you're also really like, I mean, as far as, as far as changing social mores, as far as like making people aware, like you, is, are there any problems that, that like, you know, you haven't solved yet that you, that are like on your um, <laughs> I don't know. There's still homophobia um, seems to be one of them. Yeah, <laughs> that's still a thing. That's still thriving. it's still a that's, thing. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, it does exist. Yeah, uh, but I have a feeling 2021 is it. This is this is the year, and it sucks that is I, it. Know, I'm, I'm we're done. Fifty now. It's done. 
I think like this is the year that everything's going to change. You know, we just spent like the worst four years ever, you know, and it's like everybody lost a lot of family, not through COVID, but through politics. Like mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's a lot of shit <laughs> and it's just like, but you know, you bring all these things to light, like the misogyny, the racism, the transphobia, the homophobia. And I just think, look how relaxed everybody is from day one of the new administration. It's, it's like a great time to be alive. This is what it would have felt like, you know, if FDR, this was like the forties and where, whenever he was alive, I don't know, you know, but it's, it just feels like it's a whole new way of life. Like you're looking on the, uh, the websites now. And like, even in the political websites, you choose your gender. Like this is like Biden came right in and kicked the doors down and had a whole bunch of executive orders that have been sitting there literally for four years, you know, and my unemployment finally kicked in. So thank you, Biden. Like we got that extra coin and like, I just didn't understand how they thought the economy was going to be worse <laughs> by people having money to spend. You know, this is our year. I'm going to make everyone gay. <laughs> <laughs> That's my motto. That's my slogan. That's what they were afraid of. Hey, I just want to point out I kept my mouth shut through that whole thing. Thank you. Here's the thing. The whole thing. You have no idea. You have no clue. I am so proud of you. You let our guests speak. That was fabulous. I did. Even though, like, FDR fucking expanded. We've been out of the fucking depression 10 years without that fucking liberal goddamn bullshit. Communist. And I didn't do any of that. Well I done, I Maddie, I'm proud of you. We shouldn't be going shit by goddamn executive order. You gotta get Congress to do fucking pass laws. That's how laws are made. Not to, I still to pay. No, go for fucking Congress. To be oh, fair, try. it couldn't have been that hard for Matt because neither Ian nor Brittany are a cisgendered woman. <laughs> That's true. You'll, you'll notice I don't knows? get to. I get to finish maybe a third of my sentences around. Um, <laughs> Who knows what twenty twenty one will bring? <laughs> yeah. Well, as far as all as all being gay, like, do we have to? Because I I really like penises. Oh well, that's a good point. If you were a man and you were gay, then you would. Then that's fine. If you're a woman, but I'm a woman, and, you, and I, I. And that's okay in twenty twenty one. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure. Now, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Let me ask you this question. What's more gay? Okay. Okay. Um, You making out with Brittany or... Me, myself? No, no, the doc. Uh, (laughs) You dressed up as Brittany. Is that gay? It's performance art. So if I make out with no, 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 Brittany, but if, 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 or let's just say a I very attractive, say you know, a very attractive trans woman. So her being a woman making out with another trans woman or trans yes, artist, is that gay? Is that you're saying is that um, I, mean, I would watch it on OnlyFans, but, but yeah, is that gay? Um, well. It depends. Like it used to be when people say gay, gay means like bad. Like when I grew up and kids were like, ooh, that's gay. But now, like I do this whole thing where I'm like, if I really like something, I go, that's gay. It's affirmative. You know? So it's like, huh, that's gay. Like sadly, sadly, you are in the minority. I I like that and I may start to I I may start to uh to work on it. I had a, a group of students, a really awesome group of kids who were um, huge advocates. Like we have a, a big um, 
GSA at our school, the Gay Straight Alliance, and, yeah. and these kids. And I was like, okay, so wait a minute. Hang on. I drive a Mazda Miata, and I have a friend <laughs> who tells me that my car is spray. And they're like, is it's your car, car is your car sexually attracted to other cars of the same gender? If not, it's not gay. I was like, but it's super gay. You should hear the horn. <laughs> I, no, dude, I feel, like, I feel like a diesel Ford F-250 would want to fuck the shit out of a Mazda Miata. Who doesn't? <laughs> Think yeah. about it. A Mazda's the, a cute the, car. The Ford is definitely, it's a bear kind of car. Yeah. Or like yeah. a big Yeah, bus. unfortunately, I totaled it. So wait, I have I have actual questions for our guest. So, and, and since <laughs> Mike has pulled up your website, gay, that seems to me cars. like a good transition. Um, so you had said, no, I have all kinds of questions about that. But you had said that um, when you were performing the Not So Brady Bunches, Alice, you were pulled out of the audience and Brittany Lynn mm-hmm. was born. So <gasps> were you... I'm interested in your origins okay. as a drag like performer. Like, were origins? you, were you, I mean, obviously you were, obviously you were playing yeah. Alice, right? So that's, oh. but were you doing drag before yeah. that show so or? I, um, before that, I was in the Philadelphia tour of Rocky Horror when I was like 18. Like I grew up in the Northeast and um, I was on my way to Temple, not because I'm Jewish, Temple University, the school. And um, I was like head in there and I picked up a city paper for the first time because I was like, what is this? It's like all new, taking the L, there's a city paper in the back section, there's men for men. And I had never seen anything like that in the Northeast. Like, you know what I mean? In the nineties, this is like, yeah, 1990. So I see this ad and it's- I went like, to Drexel, I had the same experience the same year. But, well, not quite the same experience because I wasn't in Drexel. Yeah. But yeah, just the discovery of city paper. <laughs> So I saw a thing and it said uh, auditions for Rocky Horror. And I had heard of Rocky Horror because my older sisters were into it. You know what I mean? But I went to the Theater Living Arts on South Street. I sang like Guys and Dolls, Look, Be a Lady. You know what I mean? And I got the part as Frankie Prayer. Now I'm like 18. We went into Holy shit. Good for you guys. Yeah. (laughs) That is astounding. And I I started like, we started when I was like 19 and 91. And the show lasted on South Street for like a full year. At the TLA, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And this was the first time I had met, like, people that were older than me, you know, that were gay, that were, like, bisexual and stuff like that. And it kind of opened the door a little bit, but I wasn't ready yet. So I was with that Rocky Horror show for, like, a year. And then uh, in 93, like, two years later, um, I knew I was gay. I, I started going to, like, the Temple Land Alliance meetings at Temple and struggling with coming out. And then this girl had hit me up, and she said that she was they were doing a live Brady Bunch show at the Bourse. It was comedy at the Bourse. There used to be like a comedy club at like 5th, 6th and Market in the Bourse building downstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's mm-hmm. like, you know, I know you did Frankenfurter. We want you to come read. And I was, and you know, I'm like, you know, I'm 20 years old, thin with abs and great hair and this and that. And I was like, oh, they want me as like Greg or Peter. And like, we want you to read for Alice, the housekeeper. And I'm like, all right. Yeah, man, okay. So I did it. Um, and then... All right, this is where it gets good. Ready? So, uh, and this is this is probably the best story you're ever going to hear. So, I was working at the TGI Fridays. It sounds all over the place, but I'm getting to a point. I was working at the TGI Fridays on uh, on the Parkway, and Funny Girl was in town. And guess who was in it? Anne B. Davis, starring at, at wow there. So, my friends are like, "Hey, we have a special guest for you in your section." And I go over there, and it's fucking Anne B. Davis, and she orders the filet medallions, which is just shitty cut up steak and a shitty you know sauce and she gets like this merlot and i come over and i'm like oh my god and i'm I'm not like super gay you weren't really gay in the 90s you still were an abercrombie model that right you know, was like so i was like i play you in the live brady bunch show would you sign 
my book, how long are you here? Like my playbook. And she's like, you know, you meet your heroes and then they're shitty. And her whole expression just changed. And she was like, what do you mean you play me? And I'm like, I play Alice in drag. Like I'm like a superstar. I'm like, oh, I play you in drag and this and that. And she's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? You play me? And she's like, what, in like drag? And I'm like, yeah, and it's funny. And she, she looks at me, she goes, does Sherwood Schwartz know that you're doing this show? Do you have the rights to this show? So here it comes. We're what doing a cunt. <laughs> Who knew Alice was an attorney? Well, she was a born again Christian at the time. She, you know what I mean? Like you see oh, her, fuck. Her oh. So all of a sudden we get this shutdown notice, which is kind of cool because it comes directly from Sherwood Schwartz, cease and desist. But our show was just featured on the TV. It was just featured on the news. We were building momentum. Yeah, I mean, and I was getting $15 a show, three shows a week. That was $45, which in the 90s is like a million. Yeah, it's you know not I mean? bad money. So, and I'm a college student that's starving, working at TGI Fridays where all the gunshots are at. So it's like, so she's still coming to sit in my section. She still has a couple more weeks of this show. So this is an alleged story in case anybody's listening that shouldn't be listening. But when you go to TGI Fridays and you love that broccoli and cheese soup and you love that breadstick that comes with it, well, you should know the back room of that is awful. So when you're in the weeds and you're running around, we used to pour water to make extra soup and it's all crunchy around the sides. And then there's breadsticks all over the floor that get swept into a pile by the busboys. I was like, I'm going to make her her soup and her breadstick. So I take all the crunchy shit and we're all spitting in it and we make the broccoli and cheese ball. So oh. I go and, and I take the breadstick off the floor in the garbage, stick it up my butt and then put it in the microwave and I put it on the plate and we all watched her eat it. Then she <laughs> died. Maybe not from that, but she died. So anyway, so the show was shut down and you know we had a cease and desist. We're doing one last show. So we all took all the costumes that we had because they were all donated by like local thrift stores and stuff. And we went to 12th Air Command, uh, which had a weekly drag show. You know, it was a competition though. And um, so I was there and uh, the hostess pulled me out of the audience and she's like, what are you doing? Where are you from? Blah, blah, blah. And I wanted to be a stand-up comic, you know what I mean? But they're, they don't, you didn't have gay stand-up comics back then. Look at Rosie O'Donnell, who was doing shitty spotlight on VH1 and, uh, and Ellen, you know, no one was out. So, but they said, if I came in drag, then I could tell jokes on stage and have mic time. And then that's how Brittany was born. So forget about the my the breadstick up my butt for Andy Davis. <laughs> that's my origin story. So I have to thank Andy Davis. Wow. You know, I just, that's I want to share. a really good story though. It, it, I had a similar, not, I didn't personally have a similar experience. <laughs> But it's one of those things you where you also put a breadstick on the bed for Andy Davis. <laughs> no, not for her. But that's a different story. What the story I want to tell is, I used to do, uh, I used to do an internet radio show with a with a buddy of mine. It was called Death Rock PA, and um, there was a whole you know uh, a bit. And I was just the, I was the executive producer, and I'd never for the first like three years I didn't even talk. But what I would do is communicate through a Captain Spaulding soundboard. If you don't know who Captain Spaulding is from House of a Thousand Corpses and yep. the Devil's Rejects, the great, the late great Sid Haig, mm -hmm. uh, all of his lines, because they were just fucking great. And that's the, anything I wanted to say was just, fuck you, fuck your mama. You know, that's, so it was all right there. It was all just, I had a Sid Haig soundboard that I used. So, uh, you know, the show progresses and I 
I start becoming an on mic character, but I'm still using the, the, the references. And my man, uh, the, the, the star of the show went to a, um, a horror con and wound up because, uh, his, his wife now was married to a, uh, I forget the guy's name. I forget the whole story, but he was in harm. <laughs> right. This, so he did go to, and he got, so he, my friend sits down with fucking Sid Haig and he's like having dinner with him. And he's so excited. And he tells him, he goes, he's like, no, yeah, we, you know, we I do this. show, death rock PA. That's what I'm promoting. And like, you know, we use your, your voice. And he, and immediately he's like, you, you, you have to stop doing that right now. <laughs> you can no longer do that. And he's so like, what, what, do you, what, what do you mean? I'm like, I, you know, I'm like, my voice is licensed. Like that you need permission. And I'm like, man, fuck you. Right, don't meet your heroes. Yeah. Right, dude. Like what? Like, I'm, you know, it's the, like one of the biggest thrills. Like this is blowing my mind that, you know, and, and, and he gets that, that fucking treatment. And it's the yeah. same, it's, just, you know, very similar. Uh, it's people that get crazy. Yeah, I mean, people get crazy. I, I, I heard a story about there was some like roadside something like, it was like Mickey Mouse used cars or something. And Disney went after them. Like, it's the word. I bet, like, um, dude, nobody's going to think <laughs> I did a yeah. uh, gay and lesbian film festival with Steve Gutenberg because he was in this gay movie, and I told him that I jerked off to him in Police Academy and Cocoon in the same day. And she got really mad. <laughs> I can't imagine why. I don't know why that would upset anyone. I don't know why I thought he was attractive in Police Academy. Now Cocoon is different. You know, listen he's on the boat. Anytime you jerk off to me, you are encouraged <laughs> to tell me. I'll, I'll do what I can. I, you know. All right. I'm just, listen, I'll, I'll I'm put not... that out there too. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't get the, the impression I'm really your type, but you know, I, Ian, there's a, there's give a, a girl a thrill, you know, 2020. There's a game that we play. Uh-huh. There's a game that we play with the guests around here. Uh, and it's called, well, I call it uh, fighting for second <laughs> because <clears throat> what we do is we ask, we, we ask the guest who is the most sexually attractive of the the, of the panel, well, typically right. there's typically there's four of us, so we're typically there's four of us. But right. I'm I'm still here. So now Maddie like, has a ch- Maddie has a chance now that that no 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 Stanley's no. But the here. point that I'm no, what I'm saying to you is that I we all understand that I am the most attractive one here. So you don't to no, yourself, you know, you, what? <laughs> Nothing. Sorry, there's a little little sound hiccup. I think Mike did that one. Okay, so. Before we go any further, we have to ask you <laughs> who's second. Who's the second? Well, I will. Okay. For for second place, it's kind of hard to say because most of the girls that I dated in high school were kind of like Connie. They ended up all being lesbian, though. So uh, I'm not. So, well, like I said, so, I'm a big so fan of the doc. Yeah, no. So uh, she's. <laughs> no, in like a meatloaf kind of way, then Maddie. You know, if if I were to do anything for love, but I won't do that. <laughs> that was- it's funny that you bring up meatloaf because I pulled up bad out of hell. <laughs> and, and, um, that was one of the, I found I found that album the day after a big like uh, township wide yard sale out for <laughs> trash. And I saw the album and I was like, holy fuck. I was a little kid. I'm like, holy fuck. What is this? This has got to be the most evil shit you've ever heard. And I took it because the album cover is fucking badass. I took it home and I'm like, okay, this is, it's going to get cooler. (laughs) (laughs) 
but my, I mean, also, I don't want to leave you out. You know, gays like nerdy guys with glasses that do podcasts. So it I, happens. There is no second place here. Everybody's, I can say everyone's equal level here. Yay! Yeah. So, you know. Uh, so second, it's a tie for second. That's good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I would probably jerk myself off first, I would say, to be safe. You jerk off, like, in the mirror? Like, looking at yourself? <laughs> Not really. Not like I used to, anyway. Uh, when you were young, That's though. actually, that is oh, a question that I have. Yeah, that's a that question that I have. Like, do gay people, like, can you look in the mirror and turn yourself on? Listen, there's a whole group of gays like that. Like, I'm, um, really? you know, I'm like almost 50 years old. So it's like, I stopped dating when I was like 35. I wasted my youth long-term relationships. And I'm like, I'm going to go out and date. But then I started touring and doing shows. And then, you know, I kind of gave up sex for money, which is different because usually you give up money for sex. But I just worked so much that it's like. Oh, I thought you quit being a whore. Well, you just said you gave up sex for money. Like I gave up (laughs) having sex for money. It took me a minute to process that one. Yeah. (laughs) But like I, I, yeah, I was always on the road and this and that. And I wasn't because in the 90s and early 2000s, it was all like the big nightlife scene of like shampoo and like Studio Six Atlantic City. So we were all way too high to really hook up and have it be fun. So it was really, I just was like, I float, I was the social butterfly without getting, you know, pollen on my stamen. If you have a clone, question. you have a fully developed clone and you have sex with that clone. Is it, is it, is it homosexual? Is it homosexual or is it masturbation? You know, I, I, when I look at old photos of myself, when I worked at like, it's now Voyeur, but it was like pure back then. And like, you, like for gay people, we always have body issues. So even though I was like, I'm 6'5", I was tan, great body and this long fucking hair, you never believe that you're attractive. <laughs> so when I look at when people post old photos and they're like, hey, I found this old photo of you because that's what old people do on Facebook is live in the past. That mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, I would, if I saw myself bartending, I would have banged me. Is that kind of like a Silence of the Lambs type of thing? I was going to do that joke. I'd fuck me. Damn it, Maddie. I'm always going to go. I'm surprised I haven't asked Mike to have goodbye horses just loaded and ready to go for any time. And it's because of Death Rock PA that I know that song is called Goodbye Horses. I'll be making a note. (laughs) Yeah. No, I was going to ask that question if it was like Silence of the Lambs. All right, so you mentioned shampoo in a couple of other places. Do you have a favorite venue to perform or a favorite show that you've done? Um, It's like everything's Zoom now, but I kind of have been still performing outside. And, like, I will say I do a drive-in drag show um, in Atlantic City, and that has been the most fun that I've had in a while because, like, it's part of Rhythm and Spirits. And, like, I've done, like, all the casinos there and all this stuff, but this was, like, a whole outside show and it was a whole new experience you know i do like a sidewalk showgirls thing on monday that was going on during the pandemic at shatia's eye and then here in south philly we have like the wild girls at the mifflin you know what i mean where it's like saturdays when the the husbands are at home and the wives come out to get like smashed and they're like literally following me to the car with champagne spill i'm like where are you going you know what i mean <laughs> um but i i've done like nursing yeah your straight women are absolutely crazy that straight women nursing homes. Loved. I've done a nursing home like three times. You know the same one. I wouldn't say very. Is that fun? 
it was different because like you know old people are kind of like babies and it's like i got them all to go like yes you know what i mean and they they kind of don't know what they're doing but they played around with it and they're they were really supportive and open to it which it's a generational thing you know what i mean but now my focus is story time so it's like you know i go from nursing home then to working with kids at libraries and for and, what it is like yeah tell us more about that yeah, i think um, that's a really cool thing yeah that story time's awesome you know i uh it yeah started, so how did that get started and tell us about it there was a story time started in chicago and it made the news in like 2015 i want to say that they started this program for kids you know and then it kind of branched off everywhere and in 20 i guess like the same year like 2015 there was this place on past young Ave called lume creative studios and it was an art school just for kids, like an after-school kind of art school playground where this lady would bring kids in and they did artwork. And it was the first thing of its kind. It's closed since then because people can't support small businesses. But um, they brought me in to do a story time. And then this lady, Abby, at the FUMO, she's like, we want to do one here. And it was such a big deal. Like the FUMO, like libraries aren't doing well, you know, and um, she brought me in and then it was like a big success. Like there's, they don't charge for it. It's a free library, but I'm telling you, it was like packed to the gills. So she pimped me out to then to like every Philadelphia public library to the point where the library, the head, you know, Philadelphia live free library system, then put me on their roster to go visit all the places, you know, all the different libraries, mostly for like pride month and, and coming out month in October. Uh, then I got picked up by the Police Touch Museum, and they have never had a sold out. But that sounds before. like it'd be. I mean, ha- I feel like having a drag queen at the Police Touch Museum sounds like stop, like stop it, stop it. <laughs> yeah, stop. Well, they, That's bad. They kind of. I I can't believe you made that joke before. Did I, I go did. too far <laughs> for the me virus. No, that's the thing is I stopped myself. <laughs> I I went in my head and I said no, don't say that, and then it comes out of you. 2021. Um, you're supposed to be the you're supposed to be the moral balance of this show. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, this is this is what makes me delightful is that I seem seem to Surprises. be that way, and then every right. now and then, yeah. yeah exactly. Okay, so continue. You were at the police so they, museum. They, it was their first sold out event that they've ever had in the history of the museum, and so they kept bringing me back for like more events. And then I got picked up by Parks and Rec, and Parks and Rec would send me to Love Park and to the winter, the you know that skating rink by City Hall, the Winter Park, and mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then, then they started sending me out to all the parks in Philadelphia. Now, just to clarify, real quick, you're not getting paid for any of this. So uh, I there's so some of it is pro bono, but like uh, if it's a library that I know is struggling, then I do fundraisers. So I'll do like a GoFundMe, or there's like a story time like donation link and stuff um, where I raise money for places that can't afford programming because. Some of these libraries, like the FUMO, their budget for a whole quarter is like three hundred dollars. Wow! They know that. And they they would pay me like one fifty, you know, to come and do oh a story God. time. But they're getting like 50, 60 to eighty people like to see their library for the first time. So when I found out their budget, I was like, I can't charge you guys anymore. Now, if it's like a big like library that's you know that's funded yeah, and they got sliding glass doors, then come on. Give me a little but, something. But you are yeah. definitely, I mean, you're an attraction. If it's a, if they're having fundraisers and stuff. Yeah. So, I, you know, I whatever mean, they I, pay I you the, is going to far well worth it in the long, in the long haul. Well, I do the fundraisers for them. So, like, I know if they can't raise the money, I raise it for them. 
yeah, even though I'm paying myself out of the fundraiser, I don't want to take their money that they could put towards other programs, you know, but I've also yeah. done fundraisers for the FUMO just for them to have money for themselves. You know what I mean? That's um, beautiful. And then like uh, with like Parks and Rec, like, you know, they're run by the city. They've got so much money. They don't know what to do with. So I don't mind, you know, doing that and stuff. And the Police Touch Museum, if it's for profit, then I will charge them. If it's a right. struggling place, then I, I donate my time. And it, That's really sweet. I think it's such a natural fit because anytime that you, you stand up in front of children to entertain them, it's performance art anyway. And children yeah, are, yeah. Are, are so into the idea of, playing dress up, which at its core drag is, you know, you step into these other clothes, you step into this other character, which is mm -hmm. at its core playing dress up. It, it, it's a neat fit. I, I think the kids get it and, and they don't question it any further than that. And it's, I think that's awesome. Like, it's like a literary program, like at its core. Mm -hmm. I mean, it gets the kids to read. There's so many books now that, I mean, at first, cause I was doing pride and, and outfest, you know, gigs that uh, there are so many books for kids now, like Prince in the Night, where it's like a storybook tale where the prince doesn't want to meet all the princesses his parents set him up with, and he goes to fight a dragon, and this hot knight rescues him, and they fall in love and get married in front of the kingdom. And I, I'm like such a big girl, like I start to tear up because the kids are so into the story. There's Marlon Bundo mm -hmm. and the guy from you know The Daily Show where these two bunnies get married, and one bunny is Mike Pence's bunny, and he lives in the White House. It's... Yeah, but there's all these stories now that have like these amazing themes that for me, what I get out of it is that if I, if I had seen anything like this, you know, when I was a kid, I would know it's okay to have a different lifestyle or right. live in a different culture because, you know, growing up gay and, you know, in the eighties and nineties, all we had was Jody from soap. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And, like, and then there was supposed to be a gay kiss on Melrose place in like 89. Yeah, nobody remembers that. <laughs> well, it was Matt. Matt was one of the main stars, and he was gay, but they never let him be gay because you weren't allowed to be gay on shows. They just had the label. Mm -hmm. Right before they were about to kiss, Fox cut it. It went to commercial because there was too much backlash. But then what happened? Roseanne kissed uh, Marilu Hemingway with the big yeah, 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 and that was okay because they were girls. But that was like the first TV gay. Kiss, Mary Lou Hemingway had the had the big fucking gap in her teeth, right? <laughs> She was like, Dude, you know, the generation. I wanted to man. fuck her so goddamn bad. Anytime I watched Muriel Hemingway, like, she's hot. so ugly, but I just want to fuck it. God then, damn it. Then there's, I think you're thinking of Sandra Bernhard with the big gap in yeah, her teeth. Yeah, that's Sandra Bernhard. But no, Muriel Sandra Hemingway Bernhard. is hot, too. I'm sorry. The, Sandra Bernhard. The first and I, four yeah. years I did drag, I only did Sandra Bernhard. I retired as a Sandra Bernhard impersonator because her Without You, I Had Nothing album was so perfect for drag shows that, like, and even. I got to open up for Sandra Bernhardt because I oh, wow. so much Sandra Bernhardt. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it was like, you know, so when I do this program, it's like I'm, I see, you know, kids, we have that thing called gaydar where gays uh -huh. can tell other, but I have a thing that's called gay face. I can look at someone's face and tell they're gay because you have gay face. You know what I mean? So I see like a lot of the kids that are really interested and I know they want to speak to me. And at the end of the program, Usually a concerned mom will come to me and be like, you know, I feel my kid is non-binary or he might be gay. What do I do? And like, I don't want to just say, oh, go to PFLAG. I don't even know if PFLAG is still a thing, but mm -hmm. that's what we had in the 90s, you know. Um, so what we did after, like our second generation story time was I bought all these really expensive, like Jim Henson style puppets 
And um, we put the puppets with puppeteers in the audience at the Please Touch Museum. And during the stories, the puppets would interrupt me and ask questions that had to do with themes that I mm -hmm. worked out with the child educators of the Please Touch Museum. Can boys play with dolls? Can boys wear dresses? You know, and there's parents that- And, and you said there. no, right? You're like, no, it's like, oh, boys, it's gonna kill them. It's gonna <laughs> give them like a good career. Um, but the, the, the parents now, I would say 90% of my audience is heteronormative parents that bring their little boys in dresses with ponytails and painted fingers. And they don't care. They're all cool hipster parents that want to expose their children to other lifestyles and cultures, you know, and it's like, that's where I get the most satisfaction out of the story time is seeing these parents supporting the program when I know in the 80s and 90s, parents would have set me on fire like at Salem. You know? Have you ever, I mean, I imagine this lar audience is largely self-selected people who are supportive of, mm -hmm. um, you know, gay awareness, et cetera. Anyway, have you ever had an incident uh, at, a, at an event like that where somebody, yeah? yeah? We did a, 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 I did one at the Lehigh branch, which is on like Germantown Avenue. Um, I think it's called the Lehigh, I don't know. It's on Germantown Ave, you know, and it's kind of like near Allen's Lane and everything. And they called me that morning and they said that they were, they had protesters outside. And it was that branch of the cuckoo birds that used to go around to the Matthew Shepard memorials and like that crazy Western Baptist borough. Oh yeah. Um, oh, Westboro yeah. Baptist yeah. Church. Yeah, I've protested guys. against them. <laughs> they were like, they were a, a faction of them. So they're not even like the main guys, but they're like the cuckoo birds that want to be them. So they come with the Western, the Baptist. They're not the side. crazy people that are them. They're the crazy people that want to be them. They want to be them. That's so, how, that's how yeah. fucking crazy and useless they are. They show up with these giant statues of Jesus and this and that, and they're all outside screaming. Well, you know, I come out of my car and I'm literally with heels and hair. I'm a little over eight feet tall. So, you know, I did a FaceTime that morning and I was a little upset. And uh, at first, like, because I'm, you know, I'm a strong woman. And I was like, look, these fuckers are out here protesting, but I'm going to do my thing. But then it really hurt that I'm just trying to educate children and people are just stupid. You know what I mean? So when I got there, I got out of the car and my friend was like, don't fuck these people up because like, I, you know, I might not be able to fight, but I'm strong. You know what I mean? And I could probably lift them up and snap their spinal cords in half. So like I walked over towards them and they start to get quiet and they start backing up. And I'm like, let me get through here. Thank you very much. Enjoy your day. You know what I mean? And then they all kind of shut up. And it turns out by the time I got done story time, there was like a huge crowd of people there to support me that blocked them completely out to the point where they left. Well, they weren't you know expecting I mean? quite such quite a large drag queen. Well, I mean, <laughs> honestly, expecting yeah. like a little drag queen. Another. I'm, I mean, I'm not a big guy. I'm when you said you were six, five, I was like, I'm five seven. I've I've stood next to, uh, well, Cher, as as, uh, as performed by Ian, and it can be intimidating when you, you know, from across the room. It oh yeah, tall, but to walk over at five and a half feet tall where I am, and now you're next to Cher, who is on heels in a mini skirt with with big hair, and realize. That's like seven and a half feet up there to that hair. It's 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 yeah. it's a you're thing. Like, you think like, about like you're making like eye to navel contact. Yeah, it's like <laughs> wow. Yeah, wow. 
Mm -hmm. I mean, even at the Please Touch Museum, there were people that wrote to the Please Touch Museum on their page, and they were like, if you have this event, we're going to pull our membership. And the Please Touch Museum wrote, thank you. We would love for you to pull your membership because we don't want people like you at our place. That's, be that's beautiful, That's too. wonderful, yeah. yeah. That's you know? And uh, anybody else on Facebook, like when I get a notification on story time, usually it, it would be exciting. But when I get the notification, like my balls shrink, I'm like, which psycho is writing some bullshit? And it's usually like a big Trump supporter. And they're like, hey, what are you trying to have sex with kids for? And it's like, they don't even look at my page and see the videos or watch and see what we do or know that we're funded, you know, that I'm kind of funded by like the city or the state. And this is a literacy program. Yeah, it's it's, like, it's not a recruiting program. It's Right. You know, I do that separately at home. Exactly. You know, you know that's totally, <laughs> totally separate. But I mean, anybody that can that can take their thing, whatever it is, and 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 bring children along in a positive way, whatever that way is, yeah. I, I think that you know you, you've got to you've got to respect that. Um, you, you don't have to agree with the whole thing, but you've got to respect right. it. I'm doing more than they are. You know Absolutely. I mean? Like, what are they there? And it's usually like, I can tell if it's someone's going to be a dick when I look at their profile pic and it's like an American flag with a bald eagle on it. You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, here it comes. That's so sad, <laughs> though, that, that, that that's been so thoroughly appropriated. Well, you're, like, that, that really upsets me. You, your, your line no, should be, you know, you know who else wears yellow feathers and is seven feet tall and likes to read books to kids? <laughs> Fucking Big Bird, motherfucker. <laughs> that used to be my nickname in the 90s. But, uh, yeah. That was my nickname in high school until I got pantsed. <laughs> that was never my nickname. Um, okay, so another thing that you talk about on your website is, is the family. So you're actually part of a whole team. Can you talk yeah, to us so about... Yeah, it's like... Uh, when I first started doing shows in 96, there was only drag competitions. So any place you went to, it's amateur night. And amateur night is a good way, like an open night, Mike, of not having to pay performers. You give a prize of like 75 or 100 bucks, and then you have 15 to 20 contestants that are there. And it's like, even back then, you weren't even allowed to collect tips. You either won money or you went home with nothing at all. You know what I mean? And... Um, so every place it was, the only place that had a show was Bob and Barbara's. And that was still new at the time. And that was like, you did three numbers. It was 35 bucks. And, but you walked out of there with tips all over. And this was before Bob and Barbara's was like big Bob and Barbara's. This was just, they had one tiny little space and it was just a bar with some seats. They didn't do the expansion. You know what I mean? So um, when I went to, show, to venues, I'm like, you guys want like a show? Like, why does it have to be a competition? Why can't it just we come out and entertain. And they're like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, you give us a budget. And they're like, budget? Like clubs back then are like, but that's, budget. That's money. Like, they're like, ah, you know, with the hair and everything. And, um, so a lot of places, if you did help out a club by making announcements on a microphone, or if you walked around as a host, even though it wasn't a competition, they would give you two drink tickets and kick you out the door when you're done making your announcements on the mic. Dude, I've played three-hour fucking shows <laughs> for drink tickets. For fucking, for, for fucking drink tickets. Pour my guts out on fucking stage, sweating my balls off for fucking drink tickets. Yeah, the culture. You know lucky I mean? for them, you're a oh, drunk, yeah, Patty. I'm aware. <laughs> What's that? I said lucky for them, you're a What'd drunk. You say? Lucky for them, you're a drunk. You know, I, wasn't, I, wasn't nearly, I wasn't nearly the drinker. Um, you're a drunk. You're a drunk, Patty. 
All right, but, but I, I am like, now. But I, if they gave right. you like a thing of drink tickets, and they're just like you walk up to the bar and you're like, "Hey, I'm you know here, I'm your performer. Have whatever you want." That's like one thing, maybe understandably if you're a drinker, like you're a drug addict. But like if um, you know, there there weren't like dressing rooms, there weren't uh, people getting paid for the whole night with drink tickets. There was no rhyme or reason you know, as to performances, what people would get or whatever. So I kind of formed a drag union. So people knew if they were working with me that I would work all this shit out with the venue. They knew they were getting paid. They knew they would get drink tickets. They would have a safe place to get changed. So like, I mean, I worked at like Tritone where we're changing in the kitchen next to the fryer, you know, on South Street. And like, you know, they're putting chinker fingers in and grease is splattering on our face, like burning oil while, you know. Jesus. I, it's the times, you know what I mean? Wow. So I kind of made like this union and I have selective, a selective number of girls that like clubs know that if they hire me, I'm not going to bring some amateur. I'm going to bring like somebody that I scouted out and helped work and help like, you know, mold a little bit. So that's why we're called. And then we're South Philly. So we call it Drag Mafia because whenever I would get a new gig, we call it like a hit. Like Brittany put a hit out on that club. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so that's right. how that started. So basically, what you're telling me is, if you need a drag queen for something, you're the guy. Yeah, you know? that's what I, I know I mean, a this, guy. The city comes to, and I say it all the time. I, go, I know a girl. <laughs> <laughs> I know a girl. I yeah. got a girl. Yeah. And we do it all. Like I've done bar mitzvahs. I officiate weddings. You know, obviously, I say I do nursing homes. Like literally circumcisions, if you need it. You know, it's you know. Huh. We, we do it all. You don't, wait, you don't that. actually perform the circumcision yourself. No. You're not a moil. Sure. No, she's sure. just a, You'll just, just attend the bris. <laughs> I am. Oh, okay. I'm, okay. Right. I'm like, come on, cut that rope or whatever. That's <laughs> <laughs> not a rope. Um, okay, so well, Ian, we have a, a new a new feature here on the podcast. Um, I don't know if you know who James Lipton is. There was a show. Yes. 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 I don't give a fuck about no tea, man. <laughs> yeah. It's called Inside the Actor's Studio. And at the oh. end of each interview, he had these brilliant questions that he would ask mm-hmm. each guest. So I'm not going to ask you those questions, but I have come up with a, a shorter, <laughs> slightly shorter list of, of questions that I would like to ask each guest. And you are okay. our inaugural guest. For Was this I not cool. supposed to participate in this? Was I not supposed to have my own set of questions? That I'm gonna no, this is, this is the time of the show where you shut the fuck up, Maddie. Oh, this is just you. Love you. Yeah, this is all me. Oh, what the fuck? I went through, I I went through a whole bunch of shit to fucking... Oh, do you want to ask him a question? I read the thing from Mike where Mike was like, you know, we're, we're really raunchy. We might embarrass you in some way. And, and, you know, could happen. It's like Maddie is, (laughs) is going to like, you know, be really rude. (laughs) We've really been behaving tonight. I have to tell you. No, and these questions are not raunchy at all, actually. Okay. So first question, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Wonder Woman or the Bionic Woman. Bionic Woman, kind of, because she would always say, you know, she had that hearing, and I would always pretend to run in slow motion, which I didn't understand. (laughs) That's a good answer. Okay. What is your favorite smell? Oh, that's a good one. So um, I like that, like that linen smell. You know what I mean? Uh, Like the fresh cotton, I guess. Everything in my apartment is kind of has that, like my laundry detergent, like cleaner, my cleanser, like, you know, I also like a good chicken wing, but I guess it's, you know, on the opposite end. <laughs> yeah, it's know? not so but much like, a candle fragrance that you're, you're looking for. <laughs> Everything I go to is like a fresh linen type of thing. But it's, it's not, it's not like, like, 
it, it's not like festering feces on a hot summer day. Like that's not. It's not, but maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The look I just got from the doc was the best. It's it always was wrapped in fresh linen. Okay. Matt, Maddie, Maddie lives for that face. Um, okay. What about your life makes you happy? Uh, working with kids. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's a great opportunity for me to kind of um, expand the minds of these kids because like, uh, yeah, they're the ones moving on in the future. And it's not, it's kind of like you want to instill these kind of like accept everybody type of ideas in their head, because just look at what this generation now is doing all through last year with marching and protesting. And it's kind of like it's setting the, the, the wave. All these old people that cause all the problems and all, mm-hmm. I don't want to say Republicans, but like all of like these stuffy old men that run everything are dying off. And the people that are taken over are just like, go ahead, Maddie, jump in. (laughs) No, no. Yeah, no. Young, (laughs) nimble, mentally competent people like Joe Biden. Yes. Well, I I just (laughs) since we're jumping in, I just want to publicly thank my parents for raising me the way they did as far as being accepting and you know everybody yeah. everybody matters even where my dad does isn't as accepting yeah. he he's smart enough to want me to be better and he's told me before he said <laughs> so, look i don't get that thing that you're into i don't get that thing that you yeah. you don't mind I, I i don't get that but i'm so proud of you for being okay and and proud of you know what you're into like yeah, yeah he's been supportive even when he doesn't agree my dad is a thousand percent Trump supporter, and we argue about it all the time to the point where we're not allowed to talk politics with the entire family because the whole family is like, "What is what's going on?" You know what I mean? <laughs> but he's a veteran, and he kind of pulls that "I'm a veteran for Trump" angle. But then I'm like, "Well, look, Trump just stole two million dollars from the Veterans Association," and he's like, "Well, that's not what the OAN Network says," and so it's not even Fox News; it's yeah. OAN Network. But yeah, he'll come to my show and surround Fox himself. Fox News is a bunch of traitors. I, <laughs> he'll surround himself with my friends and let them like press their boobs in his face during shows. And he has, he, even when I was like 21 and I was like, hey, I'm a drag queen, even though I just spent $80,000 at Temple for my degree, I'm doing drag shows. And I had a closet for drag. He would come see my drag shows. But then he's like this big Trump supporter. So it's kind of like the best parent is the parent that lets their kids do what they want to do and support them no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, what about your life now would have surprised you as a younger person? Uh, ooh, I, I guess that I bothered with college and I'm still <laughs> paying my student loans. Like, they don't, you know, I never would have thought that this would have been it. Like, I thought, you know, I my goal was to become a stand-up comic and be one of those comics that gets discovered and they throw them in movies because there's nobody else that's funny. You know what I mean? So my whole life, that's what I thought. But then as you get older, you take on jobs and that your dreams start to diminish a little bit. Focus, focus, stay focused. I will say that like, I, you know, I've been doing this now for 25 years and that's the most surprising thing is that I'm still getting these offers all the time. You know what I mean? To come out and entertain. And that just makes it seem like it's, it's worth it and people will trust me with their wedding and people trust, you know what I mean? These are people that I've partied with a shampoo on ketamine and pills and they're like, hey, you know, now that we're business owners and you're still a drag queen, will you come work at my business? And I'm like, you sold me ketamine. 
you know, um, but that's the most surprising thing is that I, in some way, I kind of set out everything that I accomplished with it. Yeah, that's man. Awesome. So like I, I went to school for journalism, PR and advertising, and I did all that. I had a PR job for mm-hmm. a couple of years. I did advertising and I was editor for PGN. You know, for well, that probably plays and, into what you're doing now and, anyway. And you're right? still, I, you're I, still doing it. I really, the only thing I really got out of that is that you have a line on ketamine. <laughs> I still kind of do. I know a girl. Okay. <laughs> okay, wait, I have uh, three more questions. Okay. If you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? One of the questions I wrote down is if you could say one sentence to your 18-year-old self, what would it be? I yes, Maddie. Say, Virtual high five. Have more sex. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I, I should have had <laughs> so much sex. Like, it's just when they're... If there was steak in your face every day for 15 years in your dressing room, you kind of would be like, oh, steak again. And like every show I ever did, I always worked with strippers and dancers. So I don't know if that was like a thing that it was always like just, you know, I should have taken up fencing. It was wait, like, coming at me. Like, <laughs> boom, 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 you know what I mean? Is, I, wait, is this all a metaphor for dick? It is. Okay. You know? yeah. Just wanted to clarify. Um, there was just so much in my face all the time in the dressing room and this, but my friends were all the strippers and it was kind of like, you know, man, I just, I, my morals for being a gay guy were always like, there was something in my head that was like, don't hook up with them because you have to work with them. Don't hook up with this one. Cause that's your friend. And now I'm like, why the fuck? What? What? Why did I do this? You know, why? I, friend, think, and like, I don't even talk to that, that fucking bitch anymore. Oh my God. It's, it's, I had the worst regret about looking at, photos and seeing all of the guys that were like, like hey, I could have had that. I could have, but shitty morals. I mean, the fact that I had morals was shitty because like in the, you know, back then everybody was just rolling their tits off, taking ecstasy. And, but my little bit of morals were like, you guys are too high to hook up. You know what I mean? So I pass it up all the time. And now I'm like, ah, oh, I could have been covered. In. Dude, you could have gurgled <laughs> so much jizz. I know. <laughs> Ew, Dude, seriously. I, have, you, you, ever done, have you ever done the Angry Dragon? <laughs> Is that like a German potato chip? <laughs> a, a what? <laughs> Tell me what an Angry Dragon Wait, that's is a sushi roll So an Angry with Dragon like is when uh, so there's, and... there's one person performing fellatio. <laughs> and the person receiving fellatio grabs the, the you know, the, the ears. Okay. And just... But then uh, what? Gotcha. Okay. And right. So then, when once the once the receiver ejaculates, <laughs> wait for the doc. Doc. Okay, it's over. It's not over. I, I know it's I not. Once it. the receiver ejaculates, <laughs> it comes out. Oh, their nose. Of <laughs> of their nose. Wow, that's what I imagine it would be like now after holding off for so long. <laughs> you know. okay, okay, so back to back to my question. I'm trying to add a little <laughs> class to this broadcast. Wait, what? The, German potato salad? What did you sure, say? A, ger- a German potato chip is if you are having sex over a glass table and you ejaculate onto the glass and then you let it dry and you shave it off with a razor blade so it makes <laughs> a curl. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> did you just did you just gurgle and almost puke? Seriously, one of those fancy yes. cakes that has the chocolate—it's <laughs> like that, but it's not chocolate. Let me tell you. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Moving right along. Thank you. Um, Thank you so much. You're welcome. I need to go wash my brain out with soap. Um, okay. <laughs> if you had given your younger self this piece of advice to have more sex with everyone, um, would she have listened? Why or why not? 
I think if I were to do it now, I just needed somebody to to push me to say, do what you want to do. Like I grew up in the 90s and I'll tell you why I thought like in the 90s, you know, we're still coming off of the AIDS pandemic and every gay movie or gay TV show or theme had to deal with HIV. You couldn't have a gay character that was in love and had a great life or a good job. They right, they all had the high five. Or, they all, you know, were, were dying or it was just like, it was horrible. And um, so that was part of it that was always in my head uh, because there wasn't like any kind of medication besides AZT and stuff like that. And there was no guarantee. But also um, the fact that it was just, you know, when you're in your own head, when you're totally tripping balls, you know what I mean? You just think, for at least for me, I'm always like there to tell myself to, to not do certain things because I'm tripping balls. And, um, but if I just had one friend that was like, what the fuck are you doing? Go over there and suck that dick. Then I would have been like, okay, I'll suck that dick. And then, <laughs> I, think the, I think the caveat needs to be, what, what in this question, the caveat needs to be is that your younger self knows immediately that it's you talking. Like you knows immediately. Like it's not some old dude and you're like confused, like, Suck more dick. Like, of course, some <laughs> old guy's gonna come up to you and say, "Suck more dick." I just imagine, like, I would see my younger self when I come over, like, Psst, "Come here." <laughs> you know what I mean? And be Let me like, jerk Damn. you off real quick. I, you're hot. But I just always thought, like, three steps ahead. And I, when I tell people this, I'm like, "I'm three steps ahead." And they're like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "Well, I see this person again. Do I have to work with this person?" Blah blah blah. And no one else cared. And I just never, you know, I guess. I chose being high over sex. So in my head, I was like, I'll just do more lines, you know, or whatever, and have just as much fun. Because there's a lot of games. Wait, out wait, there wait. No, 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 no. So what you're going to tell your former, what you're going to tell your younger self is to do less drugs? I don't that just seems unfair. He didn't no, say that at all. Like, nobody, <laughs> he said he chose high over sex. But he hey, didn't say anything minute. about I saying, hey, don't do the a- drugs. This is a porque no los dos kind of situation, right? I mean, like, why have only crunchy tacos or only soft tacos when you can, you know? <laughs> it just was always like... When you can thing. smear and taco think, sauce all over your nipples. Stop, Maddie. I was kind of like, I was always like the designated, not the designated driver, but I was always a person at the party that people would come to if they were too high or if they felt weird or like, I was always like... Trip master. Calmed everybody down and people would come to me all the time, even at like shampoo, like it you know, security would be like, hey, this person's too high. Can you take them outside and talk them down? You know what I mean? So I was always the mom at the parties and all this stuff. And it was like... Is that how gay bars are? The, the bouncer comes out and helps you outside <laughs> and then lets you back? Because every straight bar I've ever been to, if I was too drunk, they led me outside and then I, I wound up getting an, an ambulance. Well, for like 10... During this whole time, I only I should mention that these were straight bars that I worked at. That oh, okay. either a gay night or... You know, but in the 90s... Oh, wait, you got your own night? Good for you guys. (laughs) Like, Shampoo on Saturdays was, like, straight and gay. Like, Deco on Delaware Avenue or, like, Tribeca. Like, all these after-hour places were... Do you ever ever go to Cherry Hill? So, back then, it was was Iguana. Iguana and the Sanctuary. Remember the Sanctuary? Sanctuary, yep. Sanctuary, Wednesday nights, quarter drafts. (laughs) Lay down two bucks, just get fucking hammered. Yep. Like Studio Six in Atlantic City, it was all like juice heads that that come to the drag queens to roll the tits off. Next thing you know, we're in a hotel room and they're like, you know, these rich kids spending like tens of thousands of dollars on drugs, and they're like, oh, come sit with us, you know, and you know, it was kind of like being like, you know, celebrity rock star 
and I just wanted to have fun. I didn't it, like the sex wasn't on my mind. But now when I think about it, like I'm like, oh, there was a lot of sex to be had. I was just having a good time, and I was okay with that. I used you know? to hang out with uh, a girl who rented the house behind the iguana. If you remember the iguana, you yeah, had yeah. a house behind it. And the house in the garage is where they stored all the liquor. <laughs> they had that, that bucket. Right. Yeah, the, bucket. the suck it bucket. Remember that? Was, so I was hanging out with this girl, and she had three roommates, and I was trying to bang, and I did. did. See? Bang one of the roommates. But it took a long time, and I had to bang a bunch of other chicks before I got there, you didn't have the right that was a good place to hang out. Those sacrifices that you made, Maddie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we all come to crossroads in our lives. What do you think was your most significant? And where do you think you would be today if you had chosen differently? Can you ask a more uh, long-winded fucking question? I, this so, answer is going to take 20 fucking minutes. Yeah, so, like, uh, I would say it had to be, like, 2008 or nine, and Shampoo, all the major clubs were closing. You know what I mean? So like, uh, like Nation in DC, Renegade at Rehoboth, Shampoo was, they were all going hip hop because hip hop, everybody wanted to do hip hop. So we had all these big multi, like, you know, giant nightclubs that people went to, to take ecstasy and dance to house music, house music being 130 beats per minute. You know I mean, hip hop is like, pop music is 80 beats per minute. So it's like, you know, it took everybody from like wanting to roll and do this to just drinking and doing hip hop. So like, you know, exactly. You know what I mean? That makes me want to take drugs. So like, um, so all <laughs> the clubs started to close and there wasn't any drag really for me to do. So I started bartending again for like two years. And then all of a sudden the places that I bartended at started to bring back drag shows, but they were bringing in big like bigger artists from outside the area, like New York and this like that. You know what I mean? So it was kind of like, well, fuck you guys. I've been the drag queen in Philly for like, you know, 15 years at this part. And then they're starting to bring in other queens from outside the area and giving them the kind of shows and events that I normally would do or want to do. So I had to kind of rebuild myself back up. Or I could have just said fuck it and bartended and had sex. But then I was like, you know what? I got to rebrand myself and do all this. And um, slow and steady wins the race. You know what I mean? So I kept with it. And then I started to do other things like created, like I jumped on that social media bandwagon and created the Drag Mafia website, started getting, you know, more gigs and this and that. And it was something I had to rebuild back up. If I didn't do that, um, then I would probably just not be on this show. I'd be jerking off sad and crying in my own semen. You know, actually, no, look at me. I'm a- on this show now. <laughs> <laughs> Jerking off, sad and crying in your own semen. <laughs> if you don't mind, just I just want to one question. Uh, and I, I have this, and it's, it's so yeah, something in my eye. I had no, uh, but I, I was, you know, I kind of wanted to, and I've, you know, so I, I a bus is traveling east for five miles. <laughs> okay. It picks up five people every quarter of a mile and drops off three people every third of a mile. Assuming the bus was empty at the beginning of the trip, how many people, including the bus driver, are on the bus at the end? Five. That was funnier in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say I suck at math, but I got a perfect score in English on my uh, SATs. You know. I have one last question for you. If there's a heaven, what do you, and this is, this is one of James Lipton's questions. So it's, it's a tribute to him. If there's a heaven, what do you hope that God says to you when you get there? 
uh, what I hope he says, uh-huh. he probably would be like, welcome here and here's all of the dicks you gave up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bitch! <laughs> Suck on some cocks. They would, they would be like, "Come here!" Like, you know what I mean? I just, I feel like I lived like the nun's life, and that I will be rewarded in the afterlife. Here is all of the dick you refused. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that should be my one-woman show. The dick I refused. You know. Nice. I like. Uh, and we'll get I, together I, and write that. <laughs> I'll do as, the narration. Not as that part of, of the interview, but uh, so what's next for you? Uh, so I'm actually in my first movie. It's being shot here in Philadelphia on uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the Thumo Library because it deals with a uh, drag queen story time that meets with some aggression during uh, during the story time itself, and I kind of bond with one of the kids at the story time during this moment. You know, it's being shot by Red Flag Pictures. They are like a movie company that only does kind of human interest stories. Um, and uh, so it's my first, my, it's a short film, but they go to like all the film festivals and they travel with their, with their films. So I'm going to film this and then go wherever it goes with them. But Beautiful. Um, and you will absolutely, uh, you know, check back in with us. Please. Yeah. And then when you're a big star, Right. You're not going to be too fucking good for the media virus. You're going to remember where you come from. Okay. Betty, he is a big star. She is a big star. Well, I'm just, me. no, listen. <laughs> they made me think about all the penises. Which I is a bigger again. star. <laughs> I thought I wasn't going to think. Yes, well, about hopefully it. by then you will have, well, I mean, do try not to suck any dicks on your way out to the park. You know, I just kind of thought of something. I'm like, what the fuck do you tell people about me? It's like, oh, Matt's gonna be Matt's gonna be a total jerk off to He's kind of a fucking asshole. <laughs> it said like I don't didn't be think by the questions oh, okay. that they might ask, and we we kind of have like this. Um, I think he used like a blazing saddles as a reference. Yeah, I, I we're we're not horrible people, but uh, we believe in in confronting. Um, yeah, no, all of the isms in in a way that just makes them look ridiculous, uh, whether you want to be... I tell people that, that uh, coming on the podcast is a bit like walking into a, uh, a homeroom in a boys' uh, high school in freshman oh, year, a so freshman high. homeroom. I yeah, I mean, yeah but... <laughs> but... I mean, like, it's just... It, it's like, I feel like it's like hanging out with, with you know, a bunch of 14-year-old boys. And, and it sort of <laughs> is, but we're... And it sort of is. But we're, we're 45. That's the difference. We're uh-huh. older, and... You know, we've 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 walked the walk. We're we we kind of understand the mistakes, but we're we're coming full on with the same the same vigor, the same vulgar and the same jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Except now, rather than trying to make someone feel bad for being that we're trying to make the people who are saying bad things feel bad about themselves because. Yeah. Yeah. You know, honestly, I honestly, I, I don't care who you are. You should feel bad about yourself because you're true. It's <laughs> listen. All you do is generate shit. <laughs> so, are we? Uh, so, what's next on our? Uh, Just real quick. Uh, oh, the sorry. only the only question that I don't think I I have here. I mean, besides, so who is your favorite Ramon? <laughs> uh, Joey Ramon. Nice. Okay. Cool. That's cool, cool, cool. Know. You get if to you come said back. Johnny, I would have to say you're wrong. <laughs> but Joey Ramon. High school, you know. <laughs> this, 
your parents know your Ramones. Um, and if you could party with anyone, living or dead, who would it be? Living. Oh, I mean, it would I, only be I, living. I say, like, Sting, maybe. You know? I don't know. He's okay. my I just, idol. Nice. I love so, like, him. I got to once play be, on a keyboard that he had built. I, <laughs> I feel like he would have really good vegan food and drugs and would guide me through, like, he would be some kind of guru. And totally. Like a tantric, and a tantric orgasm, too. The whole He's like one of those orgasm. guys that I used to hook up with at Studio 6 that was just, like, you know, he was himself and... um and it would be hot. Like, we're talking, like, during the police years, you know? Not, like, now, when he's, like, weird. Not, like, not like pompous, rich guy Sting, but... Yeah, like... But, like, sting. weird, nobody knows anything so about him sting. sting. Sting, at this moment... At, you're telling me Sting, at this moment, well, walks into your house... Sting. out. You're not well, sucking him off. Yeah, would you say the same thing as Robert Smith? Uh, looking at him now versus the 80s cure? Like, you know what I mean? It's not the same. Okay. You know? I, I got you. <laughs> All right. Okay. Kevin Smith, yes. Robert Smith, no. <laughs> Although Kevin yeah. Smith lost all that weight, he's nowhere near as he sexy did. anymore. I know and he's, he's not all sexy. Preachy vegan too. Uh, oh yeah. no, no. Yeah. No, I'll take I'll take Silent Bob. Yes. Day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got you. I feel that. Yeah. Okay. So, guys, what's next? Well, the only thing we have, um, so uh, you know, we we play a game here. Uh, it's not really. I don't know. And it's called the uh, <clears throat> internet interwebs vestibule of popularity. So what we do uh, is each of the panel members puts up a submission of you know classic internet uh, gold, you know, and uh, we then we play and we ask the guest to join in. Um, we we play the video or the whatever show whatever it is. And then we all vote from, uh, we give it a, a score from one to okay. seven. Um, and then, <clears throat> now the reason we do it from one to seven is because that's how uh, men were asked to rate women in a uh, some kind of study thing. I don't know. I should pay more attention. Um, it was that's, men were you know, rating so we're women give them a score from, from one being, okay, it doesn't matter. Right. One being the, the worst, seven being the best of the situation yeah. and then the winner of the three uh gets gets inducted into the vestibule uh the interwebs vestibule of gotcha. popularity well, right away just seeing not, this title i want to say seven right away because this kick-started the whole drag movement on myspace but go ahead i'm gonna reference myspace happy birthday twins a computer and a car. Thanks, mom and dad. Kelly. Yep. Kelly. Go ahead and open your present. <laughs> what the hell? What'd you expect? Condoms? Nice present, Kelly. Shut up, duck. Skank. I'm gonna butt slap you, shut bag. I'm an athlete. Now stop fighting. You two are twins. Goodness sakes. Don't they have the same thoughts? Cheers. PlayStation. <laughs> Fiscal responsibility. Tom Skerritt. <laughs> Kelly, where are you going? Out. Poor. Kelly, 
What are you gonna do with your life? I'm gonna get what I want. Is there anything, like, does this really have to continue? Because uh, I, I, I think we have the idea. I don't think you're uh, I, the thing is, is my submission has, like, a context, but then has a payoff. <laughs> so my submission's about three minutes long, so I don't want to cut somebody else short, but this was getting on my fucking nerves. <laughs> that, you know, Kelly, that wow. was, like, a big deal on MySpace when that first came out, and that was, like, one of the first, like, viral, big viral videos. Like, people still reference it today as a base. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> All right, so yeah, I'm gonna take your vote first. Yeah, I want to give that a full on seven because that was that was like a movement in my 20s. Like that's an old video. Like that's yeah. You know. So you're keeping score then. I'll keep score. Yeah. So we're. I mean, so I've got just, a pen and everything already. I can just give up because it doesn't matter. No, I'm gonna judge. It's like miniature golf. I don't cheat when I'm a scorekeeper. Okay. I cheat in all kinds of other right. ways, but not as I don't abuse my phone. All right, Maddie, Maddie, I take it you do not give this one a seven? I mean, I just didn't, like, I mean, I get, I get it was. This was actually know, a, my revenge for the pony thing that you, uh, that you sort of uplisted. That, that, that I had to watch the whole thing. That was me, Charlie, the oh, unicorn. So, sorry. <laughs> so you're punishing me for something that Mike did. Is that what you're telling me? That's what you're saying. I, it's funny because you know what? Every if you go back, every I went to, vestige, I went to every school. nomination. No, no, no. Every ceremony we go through, you punish the wrong fucking person for for what you feel slighted. Well, so it's true. Look, it all levels out in the end, right? If, I mean, if you so. go, well, no, it really doesn't because this will be the second time you're shitting on me. <laughs> no, I'm punishing Maddie. No, I'm the one mistakes. getting shit on. You're oh no, that, one, that works. Offender. That no, never mind. That works right. then. So because the, the last time she, she continued to take points off of mine because you wouldn't shut the fuck up. <laughs> 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 All right. Okay, Maddie. What score are you going to give it? 
I'm going with a three and a quarter. 3.25. Okay. 3.25, Mike? I'm going with a solid six on that. That was good. All right. Um, and I'm going to do a, I was torn between a five and a six. I'm going to do a 5.75 just because it, I hate fractions. And five, seven, <laughs> five, and two, five make one. So, okay. All right. You ready? All Shoot. right. Moving on to Sir Rockdev's submission. Here I go once again with the email. Every week I hope that it's from a female. Oh man, not from a female. Hey strong man, can you draw a dragon? I want to see your skills of an artist. Okay. Well, G2G, guys are from California. A dragon? That's easy. Feel free to follow along with my simple step-by-step instructions. I make drawing fun. To begin, draw an S. Or snake. I was thinking about home. Or dragon. Or whatever. Next, we'll draw a more different S. For the head, put a top mark on a long V. Then you add some legs, throw on a couple of arms, and. Whoa. Wait a minute. I think I need to start over. <laughs> thing doesn't look natural. Okay, starting again, the same way. S, more different S. Close it up real good at the top for his head, and then, using consummate Vs, give him teeth, spinities, and angry eyebrows. Then you can add smoke or fire, or maybe some wings. You know, if he's a wingling dragon. Let's put one of those beefy arms back on him for good measure. That looks really good. Coming out of the back of his neck there. Now he needs a name. How about... Trogdor, the Burninator. Oh, yeah. Check out all his majesty. There's my dragon, Kaiser. Let's see how the other students are doing. All right. What do you got for me, Coach Z? Take a look there. I think she's looking pretty good. I said consummate Vs. Consummate. Jeez. I wouldn't know majesty if it came up and bit him in the face. It happened once. Strong man. <laughs> Just keep doing your thing, man. I taught him. <laughs> Get out of my house. I do what I'm told. Oh, crap. I didn't know you were doing one. Oh, sure. I think I've improved on your methods a bit, too. I employed some Chiara Scuro shading and... I'll improve on your methods. What? That's not an improvement. <laughs> Trogdor strikes again. Trogdor! Trogdor! was a man. I mean, he was a dragon man. I mean, he was just a dragon. But he was still Burn and dating the countryside. Burn and dating the peasants. Burn and dating all the people in the thatched roof cottages. Thatched roof cottages. And the truck door comes in the night. Thatched roof cottages.
this? Fucking great. So I thought you said there was a payoff at the end. Where is it? It's fucking Trogdor. Trogdor! <laughs> Come on, everybody. You remember Homestar Runner. You remember, I do. You yeah. remember Trogdor. You know Trogdor. I do, yeah. We're all old enough to know Trogdor. <laughs> right? So it's not like I didn't I didn't introduce you to anything. It's not something you haven't seen before. It's just, hey, this is the interwebs vestibule. It's not quite a hall. We don't is, have a hall. We have a vestibule. I, it is something I've never seen before on purpose. Well, you didn't you didn't see it on purpose. That's true. I still have not seen it on purpose. You still have not seen it on purpose. I still have not seen I it on purpose. I showed it to you. I exposed it. Yes, you did. To you. Yes. Oh, and real quick, unawares. would you like to see my my impression of Jeffrey Tubin? <laughs> <laughs> say no, say no, say no, Ian. He wasn't stopping me. It really is the best answer. already. <laughs> All right, Ian, what score do you give Trogdor? If it was just that last minute and a half of the song, I would have given it like a six, but because it, it was like a lot more, I'm going to give it like a four. Oh, you know what? And I deserve that. And here's why. <laughs> here's why. I didn't I didn't have faith in you or my team to recognize what Trogdor was going to be. So I went full clip. Yeah, I mean, the and the fact that you deduct, I, I respect that. I respect that. However, I will not accept it from anyone else. <laughs> You've given me a low score. You've told me why. We're moving the fuck on. A four is not a low score. It's a it's middle a score. I, I mean, I appreciate the beginning part, but I mean, the ending Trogdor is something like that I would sing when my friend tells me not to bring something up and I would make it into a song. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like when you, when you go over, it's like, oh, don't say anything. And you go in going, a boy! Yeah! Exactly. Okay. Well, uh, uh, based on that comment, I was going to give it a four, but with that view, I'm actually, I'm moving up to a don't the complain. video should stand on its own. All right, well then I'll give it a four. I was going to give it a four point five. Oh yeah, no, because right. I thought I thought that was actually kind of a good point that Ian made, and it adjusted my view of the of the original <sighs> text. And so I was going to give it a four point five. But if you just want it. your four, I'll no, give you the four. You don't. That's. <laughs> my... Okay, 4.5. Well, wrote down. Good. 4.5. All, All right, right Maddie, what do, you, what, do you give, what do you give your own entry? Well, that was my entry. Oh, yeah, seven. <laughs> it's the fucking best. It's fucking Trogdor. <laughs> and Mike? I'm throwing a five at it. Okay. Ooh, that's a nice score. All right. It's so a close race. It's a close race. 20.5. Nice. nice. Okay. All right. Let's All right. see Mike's entry. I'm headed for a true internet classic. How is Trogdor not a true internet classic? What the fuck is this? I'm just wild enough to do what God said. That's why results happen. I'm not talking about figuring it out with your brains. I'm talking about trusting your heart. Father, 
oh yes, I sense your presence. God put this in my spirit. And he's so big. You too will see the glory of God. Hallelujah. Okay. Remember what I said about hanging out with a bunch of 14-year-old boys? <laughs> so wait, I, I have some questions. I can't just I can't just score this. I, I have I need to know some things. Okay. I'm, I'm hoping you can you can answer. I'll try. Okay. One. Are those are those interject is that audio doctored? I think so. You, it, it seems as though it just looks like he's about to fart. Right. Or it looks like he's farting. Yeah. He's not actually no. Somebody, farting. someone has taken uh, some some video and and punched it up a bit. Jesus took those five loaves and two fishes, man, and he blessed plenty left. Because I'm sitting here going, this is really funny. There was more, but only if this guy is actually farting. And then, like the la- like, the, I'm like, okay, like if he's wearing a lav mic, like maybe the whole room is mic. But there's no reason they'd have it down by his ass. Right. So, and he is, he's a he's a preacher, so he's got a tight ass. You know, he hasn't he hasn't had. You know, so his farts would actually be hasn't had a lot of dick in his ass. Maybe some. We don't know. I mean, we're just judging by the fact that he's a broken. I'm going to take that whole statement back. But there's a good chance maybe he is amplified. You know, maybe he's one of those really loud farters. I'm going to, yeah, I got to give that a five. I just heard this word. It's amazing how this happened. Brother and Jesus said, go and tell John the blind, see deaf, hear, lame, walk. I'm going to give it, um, you know, it's it's kind of like bandstand, like you know, all right, it's got a beat, I can dance to it, but you know, beyond that, I'm gonna <laughs> give it a four. It's it's okay, you know, it's cute, but it didn't, I yeah. So I'm giving that a four. I'm gonna give it a five only because when I would um, DJ shows, if uh, the show rang like, uh, and people were still hanging around the stage area after the show ended, I had this clip that was called Ninety Nine Farts, and I would just play it randomly. <laughs> And like the people in the show would be like, oh, here he goes again. But I would always like just play it randomly to watch people's faces. So I, I'm a firm believer that a fart track makes anything better. <laughs> give it a five. All right. And Mike, what do you give it? I, I feel like this is a is like a six. But it's I, I definitely also feel it's an internet classic. It's been out there for a long time, pops up every now and again. Oh my god. Okay, so in third place, we have our Farting Preacher with a total of 20 points. In second place, we have uh, Trogdor with 20 points. I call fucking bullshit. There's goddamn no reason. I gave myself a fucking, oh, show me math. Fuck that. Listen, Trogdor. Trogdor! (laughs) You're just mad. And in first place, we have shoes for 22 points. Thank you, Ian. It was your seven points for looking over the top. The least I could do. Thank you. I want right. to reach out. I'm going to fucking go to this. I'm going to go to the Supreme Court. This is huge. <laughs> I'm 
You want you want to recount? Do you want me to recount the ballots? You want me to find I to recount, another? I want you to go looking for all the all the, the ballots. eleven thousand votes. The missing I'm going to look under this table and see if I can find some votes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us, Ian. So uh, where can our guests go to find more information about you and the Drag Mafia and the literacy program, all the great stuff you're doing? If you go to uh, phillydragmafia.com, there's there's a section for each thing that we do. (laughs) And it it would be fine for us to put your uh, link in the description of all of our YouTube and and Spotify's and Apple Podcasts. Thank you. you Ask. Ask if you don't mind. Please share the show when it gets released. Yep, sure will. Perfect. Cool. All right, Mike, you want to bring us home? I will bring us home. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Media Virus Podcast. Big thanks to Ian Morrison, also known as Brittany Lynn, for joining us tonight. On behalf of the doctor, Matty Rockdeff, I'm Professor Mike Latouris, and this has been the Media Virus Podcast, Episode 12. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much, much for coming for on. And, you know, anything we can do, please keep us posted on, on all your travels. I need to go make an asshole. <laughs>